Israel from Israel had said. I'm going to read it from the script. <laughs> By all means, go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel, so Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel said, With this letter, I am sending my servant Naaman so that you may cure him of leprosy. And as soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, I probably need to go forward there. He tore his robes and he said, Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. You see, the king was really saying, what, what can I do about it? I can't perform miracles. I'm not God, I can't perform miracles. When I was 10, I lived in this housing estate area where uh, there's a few main roads that could drive through, but branched off all of those roads were... I would say hundreds, but it was probably only tens. Lots of roads that were all dead end. All dead end roads. And I used to love riding my push bike through these roads because at the end of each of them, there would be a little path that would actually join the road. So while you couldn't drive through the roads, you could walk through and you could ride your bike. Kids, who here loves riding their bike? Yeah, how good, how good. I could ride my bike around the place faster than people could drive because I knew all the shortcuts through the back streets. It was amazing. One day, I was riding my bike with my younger sister, and we went on this new road, and we found this little dirt path, and we went, well, let's see where that goes, because that's what you do when you're riding a bike. Isn't that right, Justin? You, you, I can see him nodding. He's like, yeah, that's what you do. Uh, so we rode on this bike, and we found our way out to this little bushland that was beside a massive road on the Sunshine Coast, the Sunshine Motorway, if you know it. And there we found what should have looked like This. We found this tiny, tiny little cat. Well, to quote Jaden, it's probably not that tiny comparatively, but cats are always tiny, right? (laughs) But the cat didn't really look like this at all. It looked a little bit more like this. (laughs) And it looked like it didn't have a home. And I'm not really much of a cat person, if I'm honest. I'm more of a dog person. You know, you see a dog in the street and you call out to it. It runs over because it wants to play and it wants to get patted. You see a cat in the street and you call out to it and it runs down a drain or something. It runs away from you normally, because what cats do. But this cat didn't seem to want to run away from us. In fact, it actually came over to us. And we're a little bit confused at that because, in our experience, cats kind of not interested in people. Um, so we picked it up um, and we took it home. When we got home, uh, there I met my mother, who was not happy that we'd brought home this cat that looked something a little bit like that. And uh, we said, I'm pretty sure this cat is a lost cat. And she said, no, nah, cats don't get lost. There's no way that's a lost cat. In fact, you've probably just made it lost by bringing it to a strange place it doesn't know. <laughs> but something tugged at my heart that day saying, no, this, this cat is lost. And I started 
to remember that way back a few streets over, I remember seeing on a roundabout a little lost cat sign. And so I said to my sister, do you remember seeing that lost cat sign? She said, no. So I said to my mum, do you remember seeing that lost cat sign? No. So I said to dad, do you remember seeing that lost cat sign? No. I said, there was a lost cat sign on that roundabout. I know it. I remember it. And they went, no, there's not. So I got on my bike and I went through all those little shortcuts uh, quicker than anyone could drive. And I got down to the roundabout and there I found the remains of a lost cat sign. It had been there for weeks. You could barely read it. Uh, there was a number on it to call. Couldn't read the number. But I could make out the street address on that sign. And so I rode home and we picked up this cat and we went over to this street address just, you know, just to see if it was their cat. We knocked on the door and this, I'd say he was about 40, he was a large gentleman and he was, he was actually a very sick man. But he opens the door and he just sees us there holding his cat. And he starts crying because the cat had been lost for well over a month and he'd given up weeks ago of ever finding his cat. And he said to me that day, he said to me, and I didn't think anything of it at the time, but he actually went, this is a miracle because I never thought I'd see my cat again. The cat was his life. And so I started thinking about some of the miracles in the Bible. I mean, I could sit here or stand here and tell you about them for ages, but I'm not going to. Parting of the Red Sea, Moses first stretched out his rod across the waters. Um, David, when he took down um, a giant, took down Goliath, he first stood up. Uh, Daniel surviving the lion's den was after he openly prayed despite being told not to. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego took a stand, literally, against false worship. The widow, with only a small jar of olive oil, went and collected jars and jars to put oil into. Naaman healed of leprosy, bathed seven times in a normal river, the end of the story there of what we started with. The ten lepers that were healed by Jesus first had to walk away to go show the priest. And then even after Jesus with Peter told a man to first stand up when he was lame. And miracles first happen when believers act in faith. And what I want to share with you this morning is that if you want to see a miracle, we've got to be a miracle. If you want to see a miracle... We have to first be a miracle. When the dear little old lady can't carry her groceries to a car, has no idea how she's going to do it, we stop and help her. When the family have no money to put food on the table, yet someone gives them food. Maybe it's something as small as starting a little fundraiser. We heard Jaden share about how just a little bit of bread and fish was multiplied. Maybe we can start little fundraisers as well. And to speak kindly in itself can be a miracle. How many stories do we know of where just one kind word has changed somebody's life and even saved it? Miracles that they didn't expect. 
if we want to start seeing more miracles, maybe we have to start being more miracles. I'm not going to go too much further into the name and story, but I'm going to read this. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. In other words, have the man come to me and he will know God. Elisha knew to see the miracle, he had to be first, be the miracle. And I want to say, miracles get attention. You read the stories, the miracles that Jesus performed in the gospel. But how much more critical is the section after the miracle? The miracles might get the attention, but it's the love and the grace of Jesus Christ that brings salvation. So, what miracle will you be for someone else this week?